I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to The Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here are very simple. We can discuss as many of your film ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage, where the runaway box office success will be used to fund our insatiable appetite for private jets, taking us any distance that we need to travel over 250 metres. I'm Joel, a man who puts the heart into Charter Me a Plane now, and across from me is John Harris, a man who actually finds private air travel a little bit modern and carbon-friendly and prefers to ensure that every journey he takes is powered exclusively by coal and child labour. Hello, John. Uh, hello, mate. And it's a Zeppelin as well, just for the record. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a rare coal-powered, child-powered <laughs> Zeppelin that you've had constructed. Not only is it John and I here, we are joined in the Dream Factory today for another very special episode with another very special guest by Hannah from the Shrine Podcast. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Guys, thank you so much for inviting me to your Dream Factory. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. It's a magical place. I can't reveal. <laughs> it is pretty special. Um, we don't like to reveal too much of, of what goes into it, but you very kindly joined us for sort of the two or three hours meditation that we have before yes. each episode. And that um, was really special, actually. Yeah. And then it's like a Wonka style, like boat tour through the mm. factory. Yeah. It's been a really interesting and exhausting day so far. And well, Hannah asked what was happening behind those doors and we told her just to ignore most of the screaming it's all fine mm, mm. yeah did. now i've headphones on and i can't hear it anymore so it's going really well <laughs> right should uh, we pitch john, a movie yes john pitch a movie what about this one from oscar oceans 11 but they're all mermaids i mean the name's already there guys i was nervous about coming on this show about like what like would my movie knowledge be put to the test like would i embarrass myself oceans 11 is my favorite film <gasps> Yes. Yes. And I've only come to that conclusion recently that it's like, I will never not watch it. And I just love everything about it. So the fact that this is what's been brought up, I'm thrilled. So there's been like a recent, I feel like there has been a recent reappraisal or reappreciation for Ocean's Eleven, right? I think people have been, I've seen people talking about it a lot online. I don't know why that is. Yeah, what Uh, is that about? I think there was a viral tweet that was like, no movie should cost more than $85 million because $85 million is how much Ocean's Eleven costs to make, which is a reasonable argument, I think, because you can, that, that bought you that cast 
and produce that level of film, right? So I can see that that makes sense. And I also think there's definitely an element of people being a little bit fatigued with superhero films and they're probably looking back to the period just before as there were when there were fewer superhero films and saying oh those were these were the blockbuster films around then maybe it's better if we have oceans 11 style films coming out three times a year as opposed to marvel stuff so yeah i'm into it but what if that was all happening underwater (laughs) is that what we're saying john i don't really know what you'd steal from what's what could you? What sort of heist could you perform on the Titanic? Well, there's no one protecting the Titanic, is there? They could just sort of go in and grab the jewels, or is there? One of is my favourite yeah. aspects of Ocean's Eleven is that Brad Pitt's character is eating in every single scene, so that would be very important for me that that's recreated. He's mostly eating food that would be disgusting underwater. Like it's all it's lots of bread based and sort of pastry sort of food. And in your opinion, John, what food would be delicious underwater? Well, I just, I'm just. <laughs> I don't. Think you, you can maybe eat a grape. Yeah, it's quite difficult fruit. to eat underwater because you're going to ingest seawater at the same Not time. Not candy floss. Chocolate. Absolute nightmare. Because sometimes you get the salt. You know, the chocolate with a bit of salt. So if you've got the, you mm-hmm, know, the sea mm-hmm. salt's going to be sort of developing that that chocolate even more. Maybe a grape so- biscuit that has been tested to, like you know, with dunkability and that it's not going to completely dissolve. Oh, but that's the <laughs> ultimate dunking test, isn't it? To take it 200 <laughs> meters below sea level. I yes, okay. So they are Brad Pitt. As a mermaid, we can all see it. I'm assuming I, we're just going classic mermaid. We're, we're taking their top half human, bottom half fish. I'm glad you brought up that question. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. fish-headed people with human legs doing a heist on Earth <laughs> would be quite funny. <laughs> and it, it's sort of a waste to have George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, <laughs> and just replace them all with the heads of the same fish, I think. <laughs> okay. Could the heist be on Earth? The, on the, the land? Heist. And it's mermaids. The, mermaid, the mermaids come to land, of course. It, it's like a. It's maybe it's a water themed casino in in Las Vegas. They must have a water themed casino, right? Oh, I really like the sound of that. That's good. And the reason the Brad Pitt's motivation for eating all the time could be because he's always been a mermaid. He's only ever eaten fish and shellfish. He comes to land and he discovers chips, food, the food of man, and chips, specifically chips. Yeah, he's had a lifetime of fish, but never the chip. <laughs> and uh, and so he's uh, he's just eating anything he can get his hands on. He's over the moon. Yeah, and it's I, Ocean's Eleven. So Julia is in this one, but it's not the second one. Is the weird one where they make her play herself twice, isn't it? Yeah. So in, in okay. the second, in Ocean's Eleven, in Ocean's Twelve, in our version, she would be a mermaid pretending to be a human, pretending to be a mermaid. Yeah. Per- I just so wanted she to would clear have, it up. She would have prosthetic legs over the fish. Yeah. But then a fake fish over the top of that. Exactly. And Bruce Willis would know her. That's how. That's what happens in Ocean's Twelve, right? Bruce he would Willis. know her. He would be very suspicious Bruce. about her fake tale. So Bruce Willis in Ocean's 12 plays Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts plays someone pretending to be Julia Roberts. And the scene is Bruce Willis recognises her as Julia Roberts. Exactly. So, and I think it is the sequel that maybe skewed people's opinion of the original, which is an absolutely excellent film. I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here, Hannah, but I was about to interrogate you on this because I remember when I first watched 11, Ocean's 12 getting... I found that quite annoying, but I was wondering whether my sort of appreciation for metatextual stuff wasn't quite there yet as a sort of early teen. But is that, are we saying that's bad, the Julia Roberts thing? It's bad, but now that we've, we're stepped away from it, it was so long ago, it's kind of so ridiculous that I kind of love it now. And it's kind of a bit camp. And then we just went for like Fabergé egg then in the third one. So yeah, 
Isn't isn't the beauty of the second one that they spend two hours on this absolutely ridiculous quest across Europe? Like, there's a sequence of the most ridiculous heist. There's the bit where the guy dances through lasers, and then at the end they just swap the bags on a train. That's like that. That's the heist. It's like we we get Julia Roberts to pretend to be Julia Roberts. Yeah. We we steal the Fabergé egg. We're spending two hours. There's some like a whole other bit where they they put, do a heist in Amsterdam that leads to nothing. And in the end, Matt Damon just buys the same rucksack as the guy and swaps it on a train. And that's how they do it. I think that's really funny. Yeah. I think that's a really great gag. Such a good punchline to the film. I totally agree. And then I really think in the third one they pulled it back. I thought that was another great one. So what what we're saying is greatest trilogy of all time, the Ocean's <laughs> films. One hundred percent. Great music incredible cast everybody looks amazing oh, yeah. super entertaining i also but, really liked oceans 8 does everyone remember oceans 8 yeah i, I, I do remember it rihanna's in <laughs> i enjoyed it. it they went to the met like it's ticking so many boxes for me and i was so excited but sandra bullock was danny's sister she did this really cool thing at the start where and i actually think about it all the time where she robbed a load of makeup went up to the till in a department store had an argument with the woman behind the till because she was trying to refund it without a receipt. And then was like, oh, just give me a bag, then I'll just keep it fine. And then fleeced everything that she picked up along the way. That's my favourite part of it. Is that your favourite part? Because you think you could pull that off. I fully could. I do think I could pull it off. And I think it kind of crumbled after that. And it was just a bit too glam and not enough heist. But I still enjoyed it. That that feels like a radio texting question. What What is the biggest crime in a movie that you think you could pull off? Yes. That's a great question. That is a great question. Yeah. What's yours, John? <laughs> what's the biggest what's the biggest crime of all movies? What what's the 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 high I think here? I could do Oppenheimer. <laughs> is that a crime? I don't think he is it a crime? It should have been, which I think is the moral well, of the yes. story. It goes yeah, there's a trial. So the I've genre s- the, the genre of handsome heist movies is as I've decided to coin it. There's not yeah, much of that going around. Do we think we need them back? Because the closest I can think is the Now You See Me films, which We're have also dodged. got magic. <laughs> and they're less handsome. No offence to the, you know, to Danny Radcliffe and Woody Harrelson. I think they are making a third one of those. No, they're not. <gasps> Whether that we could be the new not. greatest trilogy of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but my oh, opinion... I have to really pull it out of the bag in the third one. <laughs> yeah, the second one went off the wall. But my opinion on this is that it's all cyclical. So I think we're coming back around to rom-coms being in vogue. Thank you, True. Sydney mm-hmm. Sweeney and Glenn Powell. So we just have to wait for the rom-com era to sort of run out of fuel. But I'll enjoy it at the same time. And then we might get our sort of heists back. They're very like Guy Ritchie, naughties, like... British, and then you've got the American Ocean's Eleven one. Yeah, we haven't had a good one in a while. There you go. The campaign for a, a good box office smash heist film starts here. Uh, would you like another film idea? Yes, please. This one's from Stu. The Chimney chimney Sweeper. Jason Statham is a chimney sweep who is also a chimney sweep, a secret government organisation who exists outside the law and deliver hard justice to those breaking pollution laws. So this is about the beekeeper. Yes. Where Jason Statham plays a beekeeper but also a beekeeper. Wink, wink. Who are a secret government organisation. Yes. Which one was he first? Uh, he, was a, he was a beekeeper, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then he <laughs> retired to become a beekeeper. To become a beekeeper? Oh, that, come on, man. How many okay. units of like secret sort of, you know, operations are named after retirement activities? <laughs> like, there should be like book club, gardening. Jason Statham in Mr. Allotment. Um, yeah so pollution crimes environmental crimes Jason Statham's here to 
wipe them out. I'm picturing him very much in the Dick Van Dyke uniform. Yeah. Yeah. It's a musical, I think. Statham could absolutely do a musical. Statham's got comedy chops, right? I think he could do musical Mm. theatre. He is so funny. You know that film that he does with Melissa McCarthy called The Spy? Genuinely hilarious. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's really funny. And I don't think any, anywhere near enough people have seen it. I agree so with you. It. And it needs a yeah. sequel because it was left on, on a kind of a cliffhanger between those two characters. It was. Yeah. I think I saw that at the cinema. You're an OG. Um, I am an OG. I, I, I'll go and see anything Statham's in. Yeah. Statham's got great comedy chops. A musical would be absolutely perfect for the reinvention of Jason Statham. I, I think we are, he's on the cusp. Oh, maybe he's gone already. He's gone the Liam Neeson route of this is a, his only genre now. Yeah, right. and I just yeah. respect it so much. Lean in. Yeah, you but think? I would like a more comedy from him or or a musical. Interesting that my I, I assume from Hannah's the speed with which she said yes that there's just you know Dick Van Dyke has just sort of owns the the concept of a chimney sweep in cinema, doesn't he? You, you it wasn't like we were going to look anywhere past that, right? There's no other depictions of chimney sweeps. There are no other chimney sweeps. No, there no. aren't any other chimney sweeps in popular culture. I had to get a chimney sweep to this house recently <gasps> and all I could think about was Dick Van Dyke, that accent, like a, a full street performance, uh, <laughs> a, like a floppy cap. So yeah. And I had to get the um, the roof reinforced ready for the tap sequence. A hundred percent. How Dick Van Dyke was your chimney sweep? He was a big, giant Polish man. So it was a... <laughs> It was it's not ideal. N- not the same. He didn't jump inside a map, but he did a great job of the chimney. <laughs> did he have to get up it or down it? It's a stove, but he swept it all out. And it's actually really important because if we turn that on, this is a house that we've just bought without having a chimney sweep. You can actually really blow the chimney off the place. So I didn't know <laughs> just what an important job Dick Van Dyke was doing at the time. Stephen absolutely at some point in this film has to blow the chimney off a place for the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I mean, if there's a bad guy in the film, he could slowly over time sabotage their chimney to the point they need to hire a chimney sweep and then he's in. You're in someone's house straight away. You're in, it's very you, intimate, yeah. Mm. Do you know the villains of the beekeeper, Joel and Hannah? Are you aware the, no. of who the bad guys are? No. No. So it's a what? scam call centre. That's what he's going for. <laughs> so... And they what, must what, all like, be shut well, down. They, well, they, they, they phone up Jason Statham to say, were you in a car crash? Re- you were in a car crash recently. And, he's, and he goes into full, like, I have a very particular set of skills kind of they, mode. They Is say, we're calling from Microsoft support. And he just goes nuts. No, um, an old lady uh, who he, who's where his bee p- p- keeping place is, an old lady gets scammed. So he just goes to get ultimate revenge. Wow. So what's a, what's a sort of modern sort of gripe? That, that Stephen could be going well, for. Do you know what happened? I was on holiday recently and I got a phone call from my bank and they said, we've blocked your credit card because there's a purchase we don't recognise. Can you confirm? You know, they run you through some recent purchases and they're all me. Yes, yes. £10 in McDonald's. Yeah, yes. the shame. £10 in McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. £30 in McDonald's. Yes. I actually, uh, as an aside to that, when I was at university, I... Uh, I was too nervous to take out a full overdraft. So I took out a small overdraft and spent it all very quickly. And then I phoned the bank and asked for more of an overdraft. And they they said, what's it for? I said, for books and rent. And then the woman on the phone read out an itemized list of everything I spent oh, my no. overdraft on and then just said, no, it was absolutely <gasps> horrific. So anyway, I got a call from the bank while I was on holiday. Credit card blocked. Were these purchases all you? £10, £10, £15, $400 on Amazon.com in an attempt to buy a sewing machine. <laughs> wow. And then I got emails from Amazon saying, 
confirmed purchase four hundred dollar sewing machine it's being delivered and then it got it got cancelled and declined somebody hacked my amazon account and thought quick we need to spend as much money as possible let's buy a sewing machine yeah jason save them on the case mm. yeah there you go it'll blow their chimneys right off i just, uh, yeah. hadn't even heard of this film so i'm just looking at the movie poster and his it's jason Satham, obviously and he is dissolving into a swarm of bees yeah um, unfortunately it's very despite cinematic. what that poster claims he cannot he cannot transform into a swarm of bees because that would be, well, be that is what that just is what's swarm being implied. A call center yeah i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> would you like Jeremy Irons is in this film. Yeah, cool. And I would actually. What about this one from Ula? Breaking Bad Boys 2. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's pretty on the nose. It's Will Smith, drug overlord, right? Yes. Or is it the Breaking Bad Boys and just an incredible soundtrack from Will Smith? Hello. Ah, Breaking Bad recut, but with Getting Jiggy With It, Miami, Nightmare on My Street. And a brand new single. I, I bought at a brand, ah, oh, Switch, 2005 Switch. We all remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I'm into it. It's, this is how we rehabilitate Will Smith. Is that like the last song he did well the last big song he had i reckon it might be switched yeah wow but we're in a former life hannah we used to do live shows and john i've seen john do a sound check for a live show by performing all of wild wild west wow yeah arguably i'll be honest better than anything that happened in the live show once people were actually in the room that's my one and only party trick is i know john's party trick is he knows wild wild west yeah uh yeah so soundtracked by will smith yeah, you know, like, there's weird, like, people do, like, recuts, don't they? Like, there's Topher Grace, the guy who was from that 70s show and played Venom in um, Spider-Man 3 with <laughs> Tobey Maguire, has recut the original trilogy of Star Wars into one film. And it's it only, only you can only just go to his house and watch it. Like, it's not a thing he's put out there. <laughs> I Can we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just send him an email. Open invite. Wow. And that's kind of fun. Uh, why? Because he thinks it should have been, or just for a thing to do i think when you've become that famous and rich and if they're not sort i think if you're toe for grace if you're that 70s show famous unless you're ashton kutcher i think everyone just goes it's that 70s show guy and so he probably wasn't getting cast in a lot of things he thought what should i do in my spare time 
recast Has he edited himself into it as a key character? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do with Topher Grace Money. Serious oh, vanity project. Right, should we move on to our own movie ideas, Joel? Yes, John. Would you like my own movie idea from me? Please. Triangle of Sadness. It's, I don't know, I can't work out whether it's about Derry Lee or <laughs> the musical instrument of Triangle, but the, it just feels like a film title that's made for this podcast. It also sounds like a segment on Sesame Street. It does. It does sound like a segment on Sesame Street. That's so true. One of the one of the guys could ding the triangle when they're feeling sad. The rest of the street gather around in an attempt to cheer them up. It's quite a lonely pursuit playing the triangle as well. It's an instrument that's always the punchline, isn't it? If you're the untalented kid, you get to play the triangle. Although I think I listened to a podcast this week that said Simon Cowell plays the triangle <laughs> on like hit music released by people that he signed so he can get royalties for it. God, that man's so evil. That is amazing. That's Imagine him just, bar- he's just touring around the studios where Psycho recording and making sure he hits every recording session with his triangle. He's I imagine probably he only done it once and like they just case. sample it. It's oh, genius. Well, that's boring. That's really boring, John. So, right. I think, yeah, maybe not Sesame Street. It's a Pixar film of an anthropomorphized triangle who is very sad because he is in lo- he's unloved in the big band. So you've got all of the instruments. They've got cute faces. They've all got sort of personalities based on their instrument and voices, sort of big, deep voice for the trombone, high, vo- high pitch for the trumpets. And yeah, and so there's something about... And the sort of the the redemption at the end is that he is the hero of some sort of famous classical music piece. It's good stuff. I mean, John, I'm more sort of focused on the Simon Cow uh, <laughs> triangle thing. I it's it, it's legit. He's done is it on it? a Westlife song. I found what looks to be a hundred page PDF about songwriting royalties, which I will get stuck. I won't read. I'll read out some some of it in the uh, in the post credits bit, but not the entire thing. Uh, he's he's all over it. You're right. He's going yes. around dinging his triangle. I to anyone that will listen. Literally learned that fact that we this week and I'm so glad I did. I think it's it's genius. I think it really represents his business mind. Yeah. And then it turned out to be the perfect anecdote for this movie suggestion. Perfect. First first film, one of your favourite films of all time. Joel's film references your favourite instrument of all time. Um, <laughs> and here was me worried I wouldn't have enough knowledge of the industry to partake. Well, I mean, we should have said at the time, Hannah, is uh, that me and Joel don't know anything either. We just uh, we just do this podcast because we've got nothing else to do, really. Right. Let's do my idea. So my idea is it's a Christmas one. I'm sorry. I know it's yes. it's February, but it's a Christmas one. The Iron Claws. Santa good. takes up wrestling. Very good. He would be a phenomenal wrestler. He needs something to do 11 months of the year. I think it sounds great. Is it going to be one of the, like, is it following, like, Violent Night into this new genre of, like, did you guys see that one with uh, What's-His-Face from Stranger Things, where he is uh, Santa, but he is um, very violent and he will save the day. So is it going down that genre of, like, X-rated Christmas films? I think so. I think we can go X-rated, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, so The Iron Claw is obviously, like, an A- A24 indie film. So is it, I think... It, I think there has to be some real violence and some real gore and blood, but is it more, I think it's more depressing than Violent Night, which is more sort of, sort of fun. I think this is, because of AI and because of all the sort of computer made toys and everyone wants a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, Santa's effectively run out of business. His elves, they've got, they've got nothing to do. All they can do is make yo-yos and, you know, bouncy balls. Uh, And so, yeah, to, to sort of make money to keep the North Pole running, he has to take up wrestling and it's very bleak and depressing. Okay. okay. <laughs> it speaks on like capitalism. Yeah. There's a reason. Exactly. Is it for you, know you have like children? No. No. 
it, this is an 18 rated movie i think um you know how they they quite often hit each other with with a chair mm. i'm imagining big candy cane oh yeah i think that would be fun that would break very satisfyingly over someone's head you can bring him out bring him and the grinch out during the mm. royal rumble I mean, switch on. It's a great there's, idea. There's, there are types of wrestlers, and there's the big body type wrestler. Like that exists. He's he's built to be a, a you know sort of wrestler. The big um, show into the big ho ho ho. Right there we go. <laughs> um, that's when you know. That's how you know the episode's finished. That's how you know the episode's finished. Hannah, if you had to pick a winner from today's choice cuts, today's film pitches, which would be your favourite? Have to go Ocean's Eleven, guys. Underwater or on land with mermaids. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on, Hannah. That was so much fun. Guys, thanks so much for having me. Actually, so much fun. Ah, it was a pleasure. Well done, John. I thought you were quite good. So did I. I, th- I thought I was okay as well, to be fair. I, yeah. I'd give myself yeah. a 6.7 out of 10. Seven out of ten. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. And after you've edited it, you might get yourself up to a seven, <laughs> which would be good. Um, Hannah, this is the bit where we do some pop culture recommendations. What have you been watching, reading, enjoying recently? Watching Criminal Record on Apple TV. It's so fucking great. But no, but it's why so are good. more people not talking about it? It is so good. And if this was on the BBC. Sunday night 9pm slot we'd all be in a chokehold it would be like line of duty big I think I agree it's absolutely amazing and I keep recommending it to people who aren't watching it and I don't understand what more I have to say so it's absolutely brilliant and I really enjoyed last week's cliffhanger and I'm really looking forward Mm -hmm. to what I think is the final episode coming out tomorrow and like if you have the subscription I don't work for them we're not sponsored but I also really enjoyed hijack which was Idris Elba on a plane really fun Um, so yeah that's my big recommendation for the week awesome I would I would second criminal record I also at the weekend because it came to I don't really know what the I don't know what the term is when it comes to TV but you still have to pay for it what's that what are you talking about all of them have it now like Amazon Prime has it I will say Amazon Prime it's become so difficult to navigate what is Mm. on Prime what is there's like so many different levels on Prime now where it's like there's some films that are on Prime there's some films that are on channels that you can subscribe to through Prime Mm -hmm. there's some films on Prime that are like two quid and there's films on on Prime that are like 20 quid and they're all just sort of on there you have to navigate it yourself anyway Wonka's on there now I watched Wonka Wonka's fucking amazing It's really, really brilliant. I really loved Wonka. It's so charming. I didn't know what to expect. Well, actually, I thought it was... It went on a bit of a roller coaster, Wonka, didn't it? Because everyone thought it was going to be really crap. And then it actually... And then it came out and it got rave reviews. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it lives up to the hype. I think Paul King, we trust. Good man, Timothy. Timothy's really great. He's cast really well. And all he... All Paul King's done really is... Well, no, this isn't all he's done. But the way he's cast it is Timothy Chalamet in the lead. And then just the best british comedic actors available chuck them all in there some of them are only in it for like 20 seconds and they're all brilliant loved it so much yeah it's like a big hug it's like a big hug and actually i've got i've got one bit of beef with wonka and i don't know if this is because of public health concerns but 10 15 20 years ago when wonka came out there would have been so much supplementary promotional products in the supermarkets to go with Wonka. The shelves would have been stocked with chocolate bars and everlasting gum. I'm pretty sure they did it with the 2005 Wonka remake and I'm a bit sad about that. I also wonder, like, did they not expect it to be a runaway hit because of the pre people's pre-concerns? They didn't, I don't know. But I'm sad about that. I would have liked to have watched Wonka with my, you know, £7 bar of 
promotional chocolate. I'll never understand why they don't just do the bar with golden tickets and then you win things. It would capture the world. You could do such a great TikTok campaign. Mm-hmm. It would be so exciting and no one's ever done it. So I completely agree. It's a shambles. I think we talked about this recently, John. I still think about the Sherbet Lemons that came out with one of the Harry Potter films. They, I mean, they could literally have... This Wonka film could have released a sweet So Good I'm talking about it in 20 years' time, but they failed to do so. Uh, John, My- what have you been watching? What have you been enjoying? <laughs> Talking about the Harry Potter sherbet, that reminds me, the film tie-in food, for the BFG, the uh, the recent Spielberg one, they yeah. made French fan uh, French fancies that were like just strawberry flavoured and they were oh, the nicest French... <laughs> they should have. And they were the nicest French fancies I've ever had. They reminded me of the sort of cupcake you'd have as a child it was it was pure mm-hmm. nostalgia mm-hmm. you can't get them anymore uh, no. the thing that i would like to recommend i've got loads of podcasts that i've started recently but i'm going to wait till next week when i've listened to more episodes and i will recommend the ones that i'm confident are really really good but the main thing is a show from i think it's now like two years ago in australia but it was last year on the bb on bbc iplayer colin from accounts i don't know why i said like a question it's amazing because <laughs> it's, it's, it's australian <laughs> It's a yeah, an Australian rom-com TV series, eight episodes, just really sort of perfect level of humour, like the sort of awkward humour that you're just, you can't help but laugh at, but also very sweet at the same time. I, I would recommend it to anyone if you can watch it in the UK. It's on iPlayer at the minute. Just I, I, I get a sort of like you guys are talking about Criminal Damages? Record. Criminal Record. Right? record. Yeah. Criminal Damage is a different show. Criminal Record, it feels like one of those things that I, f- it, it feels like it should have been in the conversations about like best best shows of last couple of years and it just mm. wasn't and i yeah so i would recommend it if you would like a heartwarming comedy amazing thank you very much and thanks again hannah thanks so much for joining thank us you, hannah. that was a lots of fun thanks guys and we'll be back same time next week bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media, then you'll be the best listener.